Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com and by Hancock Whitney. Hancock Whitney is here for families, here for businesses, here for communities during this challenging time. Visit HancockWhitney.com slash COVID-19 for the latest. And by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. From our socially distanced virtual lunch table in Baton Rouge, we're out to lunch with Stephanie Regal, editor of the Baton Rouge Business Report. It's business, Baton Rouge style. Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. Have you ever wondered what it's like to be a pioneer, to be at the forefront of an industry where nobody knows what you're talking about, people think you're crazy, where there's no proven pathway to making money? We usually only meet people when they've been successful in an adventurous pursuit, but there are many, many more examples of people who've had adventurous ideas, whose ideas may in fact have been crazy because their businesses went nowhere. It always looks good when we look back with someone who has made it, but what's it actually like to be on the cutting edge? Joining me today to discuss this is Paige Miller, president of Oleander Medical Technologies, a company based right here at LSU's Innovation Park that is truly a pioneer in developing a treatment for advanced stage cancer. And this treatment not only appears to be effective, but is quick, easy to administer, and doesn't ravage the body in the process. So the treatment is called targeted osmotic lysis. Paige is going to tell us in a minute how that works or what it means. But it basically destroys cancer cells by causing them to explode while preserving the healthy cells in your body. We use the term game changer a lot these days. Well, Oleander's cancer treatment has the potential to truly change the way we think about cancer in the world. Paige is an attorney who comes to the company from Seattle, where she has not a medical but actually a legal background. Paige, you've done so many interesting things. It's great to have you here on Zoom talking about an issue that everybody can relate to. Thanks for joining us today. You're welcome, Stephanie. I'm so glad to be here. With me in page is Bo White, president of Click Here Digital, a digital marketing firm that has evolved over the past two and a half decades from being a website company in the early days of the internet to an expert consulting firm in the fields of search engine marketing and pay-per-click modeling. Click Here Digital calls itself not just a marketing company, but a technology company that uses cutting-edge tools to get data and analytics to clients around the country. When Bo founded the company, he didn't know if the internet would be a fad, sort of like cassette tapes. Well, 27 years later, he's pulling some of the levers that help determine what we see when we Google something. Bo, it's a pleasure to have you here. Thanks for joining us on Out to Lunch. Great. Great to have me. Thank you, guys. Well, Paige, let's start with Oleander, and the question on everybody's mind is, did y'all really find a cure for cancer, and and how does it work? So we are pretty sure we have something that extends life, and we are hopeful that it will actually be a cure. And this is how it works. Um, Most cancer treatments these days are targeted at the genetic level. at your gene base. This is totally different and was discovered by two LSU researchers who were studying pain, not cancer. And it was because they were studying something different and they came across this interesting mechanism that 
uh, targeted osmotic lysis or TOL, we call it for short, came about. And this is how it works. Think of a cell, a round ball, and the outside of the cell has a cell membrane, a skin. In that cell membrane are sodium ion channels, little pores that let sodium ions move between the external environment and the inside of a cell. A normal cell has maybe three of this type and a little electricity and in goes more sodium in the cell. And then there's a mechanism in the cell to kick it out, to bump out the extra and return it to balance. So that's a normal cell. What is fascinating about advanced carcinomas, that is tumor cells, most of the things that kill you are carcinomas, is that instead of having maybe three of these, they have 30 to 150 or more, way more of these sodium channels and pumps. And it's the difference between the normal tissue and the cancer tissue that TOL uses. We take an old generic drug, a legacy drug called digoxin. It's made from foxglove. It is used as a heart medication. And one of its properties is that it blocks those sodium pumps, the mechanism that kicks out the extra sodium. So you give that drug and you block all those pumps. It's like closing all the exits to the Superdome, okay? And then you put the patient in a machine that stimulates at a low frequency and power to open those sodium channels. So you open the channels and you flood sodium into the cells and it cannot get out. This is really bad for the cells. They don't function well with too much sodium. So remember your high school biology, there's something called osmosis. Water comes across the cell membrane to dilute the sodium. And it keeps happening as we're stimulating until literally the cell swells like an overfilled balloon and pops. That is absolutely amazing. <laughs> and, and it kills, and it kills and the, that kills the cancer. Well, okay, I have so many follow-up questions. But, Bo, I want to bring you into the discussion because, I mean, and you're in a totally different field, but you're on the cutting edge of doing so much in your own way. And, and when you started your company 27 years ago, I mean, the internet was nothing like, like we know it today, right? I mean, how, how did you, um, did, were you able to foresee what this might be or what made you even start Click Here Digital and how did it evolve? You know, at the very early stages of the internet, everyone was just, what is a website? And uh, at the time you had magazine publishing, newspaper publishing, and then there was a term called web publishing, and that's what websites were called in the really, really early days. The, the internet was no color, no graphics. It was basically word processing, AKA a website. And obviously as high speed got faster, there was graphics and databases and the modern internet that we have now. So in the really early days, it was, it was pioneering. It was a tremendous demand of this new technology from the consumer base, customer base saying, I want a website, uh, but none of us, including the customer, had any idea where it was going. And as the technology stabilized, the internet got faster, the evolution of a web publishing became web design and web development. And then obviously it's now opened up into 
um, advertising, massive communication channels with email, et cetera. And it's the backbone of, of a lot of people's daily lives based on smartphones now. I mean, it's the, the remote control of your life is, is your cell phone in your purse or your front pocket. And, and you all really specialize now in, in, in search engine marketing, or, or what it, which is the same thing as search engine optimization or, or somewhat different? It's a little different. So you have a variety of, of products in the digital marketing suite. Google advertising, the Google ads when you do a Google search and that text ad that shows up at the top. Google Maps, you know, those are search engine marketing or paid placements. And then you have website landing pages and showing up organically and having reviews and, and updating of the content on your website. And that's, that's search engine optimization and website optimization. And then you have the explosion of social media, uh, Facebook and Instagram advertising, which is, which is massive, but still only four or five years old. It's in the infancy stages. And then lastly, we have the new streaming media, which, you know, per COVID is exploding. It's the advertising of, of TV, but not through a normal ABC traditional carrier or, or a Cox carrier. It's direct sourced through streaming. So do smart TVs. So it's now converted TV into to digital advertising. So there's those layers in the cake or layers in the onion that really make up what would be considered a, a well-balanced digital marketing portfolio. I would imagine you all both have, have so many I mean, high-tech gurus working for you. Paige, are your scientists that have made these discoveries and, and now you're in clinical trials? I mean, do you all have an employee base and, and where are you in the whole testing process? So Stephanie, we are really a virtual company and it's a good thing in the COVID era. Uh, so we have an office in Baton Rouge, uh, but most of our research is done at the LSU Health Sciences Center in New Orleans. Um, we are now treating dogs and cats at the Metairie Small Animal Hospital in Metairie. Uh, we have machines that were purpose built and patented uh, that are built in upstate New York. Um, our FDA consultant is in California. I mean, we, we hardly have anybody who's an actual employee. We have a whole bunch of people who have the skill sets we need all over the country who are consultants or partners. I bet there's a lot of interest. Where are y'all in terms of clinical trials? And uh, I mean, how soon might you be ready to take something to market? So um, we've done hundreds and hundreds of experiments with mice, um, particularly on breast cancer and mesothelioma. Um, also in tissue culture on colon cancer, prostate cancer, pancreatic cancer. Um, in terms of trials, we are now testing this on dogs and cats. You need to have done safety tests and show some efficacy beyond mice in a bigger animal. That's probably going to be dogs. Uh, we did a safety test in Baton Rouge at the vet school. Uh, it's safe. Um, we need to do a number of these then do very specialized things with a, a company that keeps massive amounts of data to send to the FDA. So it might be that, a while. <laughs> that costs a lot of money. So actually, you know, it could be 
a year if we had the money. If we don't have a lot of money, then we want to make sure we don't overrun our skis and run out of money, so we go more slowly. That's part of why I was in Seattle. Um, it's not only home, it's where money is. It's where the money is, no question. Bo, your company's in Baton Rouge, and I know we've, we've talked to a lot of tech companies in Baton Rouge, but, but we are not known as a tech hub. Where does your workforce come from? Who's doing your programming and, and you know, sifting through these analytics and fine-tuning them and coming up with the really cool stuff that y'all are doing? You know, a lot of the talent is local, you know, LSU, the university systems, you know, we have deep relationships with those guys and, and have pretty strong recruiting. We have about 80 employees now and just moved into a new campus on, on Interline. Uh, it's about 16,000 square feet. So we've got room to grow. We probably can hold about 120 employees here. And a lot of it is, you know, we have MBAs to English majors, to general studies, to, to a few chemists, believe it or not, that, that want to do career changes. And it's a tremendous amount of learning. The, the key with curriculum and digital is, is as soon as you learn it, say, from an educational standpoint and, and do on-the-job training, your skill set is expired because technology trains so fast. So we have a big culture here of just continued education. On any given day, we're having a Zoom call like this with Google or with Facebook or with Oracle or with Amazon just keeping our, our knives sharp and keeping our skills tuned in. So d does Google, for instance, have webinars with industry companies like yourself to say, this is how to optimize, right, you know, your client search engines. This is the secret to, to getting your clients, you know, ads or whatever placed higher on our pages. Do they just give away the secrets to y'all like that? Or? No, we're one of the top 100 Google partners in the world. So I've been a partner with these guys since Google was founded and, and done a tremendous amount. And we were also early adopter with Facebook. So we now have status of being in the top 1% of all agencies in their umbrella of agency partners with both Google and Facebook. So they spend a tremendous amount of top time here. I mean, they come to us uh, at least once a quarter. We have a dedicated team in Mountain View of five Googlers that actually support our business. We're in alpha test of all that fun big brother stuff of you clicked on an ad and did you physically show up at that business? And can we track what's called an in-store visit or location data? So we've become an alpha testing partner for, for Google and Facebook uh, by having those deep relationships. And then, yes, I mean, they give you the educational framework when they release new products of how do you incorporate that into your existing customer base. Who are your customers? And are they all over the country? Are they mostly regional or what? Yeah, we do. Uh, we service just about every state in the country. Uh, we do a tremendous amount in the automotive sector and the legal sector. So think car dealerships and personal injury attorneys. And then we do medical, so eye doctors, plastic surgeons, and dental. So we'd like to stay in those core three because we're really subject matter experts. Uh, but we've done a tremendous amount in e-commerce and the travel sector. Um, I previously owned NewOrleans.com, and we grew that to a, a wonderful travel partner, portal years ago. So we're full service, but we really have some strong areas of concentration that, that we're real true experts in. I like to hear the medical part. Maybe we can be a customer someday. 
Oh, we do a tremendous amount of, of, of marketing in that, that arena, for sure. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Stephanie Regal. I'm talking to Bo White of Click Here Digital and Paige Miller of Oleander Medical Technologies. We'll be right back after this very short break. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Stephanie Regal. I'm talking to Bo White of Click Here Digital and Paige Miller of Oleander Medical Technologies. You know, I was talking about the whole pioneering concept a little while ago. And and Paige, there are so many advances being made in cancer treatments and therapies, you know, in so many different areas. And that's the extent of my knowledge. But you mentioned that your founder's approach was really revolutionary, right? And that they they weren't they were they were taking a pain drug and a, and a legacy drug at that and discovered it had these you know the ability to to do this um have you gotten pushback or resistance from within the scientific or medical community i mean you know did they write that off and poo poo the idea what a great question and the answer is i think the people who have been most skeptical about whether this works or not actually are oncologists because I, I feel like they come um, with, a, with a lens across their eyes that the way to treat cancer, which has been um, standard received wisdom for at least 20 years, is you need to target more and more specifically to a particular subtype of cancer that we're never gonna find a treatment that treats a broad spectrum of cancers. We've really got a target at the genetic level. And they've all been pointed at say, the Northwest corner of a room. Everybody's looking in the same spot. This was discovered somewhat by accident and it's the Southeast corner of the room. This is not where the cancer world's been looking. This is at the cell level, not the genetic level. We think there are probably something like 53 carcinomas that it would treat um, and mesothelioma. Uh, And so this doesn't compute for the cancer world. Uh, Doctors who are not particularly oncologists get it right away. People who have a basic understanding of science get it right away. But the oncology world has been slow to think that it would work. Do they have a vested interest in, in, and I've been told this, but I have no idea if it's true. I mean, is there a vested interest if I'm an oncologist of, you know, prescribing chemotherapy drugs, for instance? Oh, I think maybe big pharma isn't going to like this very much. Um, I don't think that that's why the oncologists have been slow. I mean, um, one of our first investors was one of the owners of St. Charles Surgical Hospital in New Orleans. He got his undergraduate degree at Tulane in uh, bioengineering, and then he got his MD at LSU, and he's a surgeon. So he had the engineering background to understand what our engineering was doing, and he does breast reconstruction surgery, and it was like, this is going to change the world for the people I treat. Yes, I may see fewer of them, but wow. I believe this science, I believe it's going to change the world. And he invested $150,000. Boom. That's fantastic. Um, It was. But we need more of them than we have right now. How much money does it take to bring this to market? 
or to clinical trials with humans. So that's one of the interesting things that's different about this. Um, most cancer treatments are drugs. To go up the drug side of the FDA, you've got to do thousands of trials uh, to show first the safety and then the efficacy. And that's a minimum of a five-year process. And that's hundreds of millions of dollars to do that. Ooh. What, what's interesting about what we have is since we're using an old well-known drug, um, we go up the device side of the FDA, which is shorter and cheaper. And because we are treating advanced disease when people don't have any other options, um, you can be a breakthrough device for that. We're looking at maybe a hundred trials, not thousands of trials. And we think we could probably get to market with about $30 million. In addition, this works the same on dogs and cats as it does on people. We can go into the veterinary market and we are planning to do that. Today, I got an email. One of our first dogs that we're testing, the owner sent a message to the vet. My dog that you saw in May that was in such terrible shape, we've just treated a couple of times, totally different, starting to eat again, starting to have energy again. I, you know, I'm so excited about this. So if we can go to the vet market relatively soon, we can earn money in that market that helps support the rest of our research and regulatory work to get to humans. And, and Bo, you're already in a position with your company where, you know, you are well established, but you're growing fast. Have you needed to go out and raise capital? Have you had any um, problem with that? Or, or are y'all just growing through acquisitions and organic yeah, just revenues. the organic revenues have been been solid over the the course of business over the years to to really be able to cash flow the business successfully. Um, a really interesting problem that we have, which isn't a problem, is it's the ability to grow under control and the ability not to grow too quickly. Um, the ability to maintain the quality of your product. Uh, right now, even with COVID, our phones ring off the hook. And, and if you just look at every customer and take every opportunity, you can really dilute and broaden yourself. So controlled growth has limited the need to really grab, you know, let's hire 50 people, let's raise $5 million and, and, and really get crazy. So we've just been on a very slow and steady and healthy growth curve. Um, really aggressively over the last five years. Did you have a business background? Did you know how to grow a company when you started out? No, a lot of trial and error. You know, I, I, if you look backwards as you open the, uh, the conversation, uh, you know, I'm a genius looking backwards, <laughs> but uh, you, you better be good at it after two decades or, or you're, you better look for something else to do. So a lot of evolution, <laughs> a lot of mentors, uh, spending a lot of time with successful people living in Manhattan, living in New York, uh, living in Las Vegas, living in LA, uh, being associated with other really large fortune 100 businesses, fortune 500 businesses being singularity in tech in different verticals, but in one swim lane of tech, uh, and just accruing knowledge over, over a long period of time. Um, you get better with age as they say. 
So been very fortunate uh, to be in the right, you know, not in the cassette tape industry, uh, no matter how good of a business person you are, uh, you have to pivot. You know, I think everyone has a website now, no offense to anyone that owns a website company, but people now need customers, they need traffic. So our evolution from being a web dev company and do websites to being a marketing company to now being a team of elite marketing consultants has been an evolution uh, that you have to make in order to, to maintain relevance. Sure. Tell me real quick, because sadly we're already out of time, but why are y'all both in Baton Rouge? You know, I'm born and raised here. I went to LSU, uh, so definitely have family and, and roots here. I've done a really fun roadmap of doing biotech consulting page. I've got some people I'd love to introduce you with that take products like that to market. They raise a lot of capital in oncology. Uh, I'd like to take offline and, and, and really make some introductions for you. Lived in Vegas, took a few tech companies public and, and really have lived that really fun entrepreneurial tech lifestyle, being single without kids. Uh, now being married and, and having a son, you know, being back home and, and really growing a business here was, was a big, important part of it. So the challenge of doing tech here is, is a challenge, uh, but we seem to be navigating it pretty well. And it creates a really great opportunity for young people that want to work in tech that, that don't have to move to Atlanta or sure. Austin or Dallas. And Paige, you're in Baton Rouge because of LSU? Absolutely. This technology was discovered at the medical center in New Orleans. Um, as I said, we're a virtual company. So some of our work has been in at the vet school or other parts of the main campus of LSU. And one of our partners is there in the tech center and other folks are in New Orleans. Um, and I moved here from Seattle because uh, this is where the company is, and I had joined it early and was working remotely, and it was, pardon me, time to kick ass and make stuff happen, <laughs> and I needed to be here. Good deal. Well, Paige Miller and Bo White, it's exciting to meet people on the cutting edge of technology and medicine, whether it's helping us find a cure for cancer or find things on the internet. Y'all are both bringing so much to the local economy. Thanks for taking time to join me today via Zoom on Out to Lunch. Thanks for having us. My guests today on Out to Lunch have been Paige Miller of Oleander Medical Technologies and Bo White of Click Here Digital. We edited this show to fit into the time slot here on WRKF. You can hear our unedited conversation and find out more about Oleander Medical Technologies and Click Here Digital by listening to the Out to Lunch Baton Rouge podcast. You can find and subscribe to the Out to Lunch Baton Rouge podcast anywhere you get podcasts and on our website, it's batonrouge.la. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from this show on itsbatonrouge.la and on our Out to Lunch Baton Rouge social media. Photos are taken by Jill LaFleur. We're going to go back to hosting Out to Lunch around the lunch table at Mansur's on the Boulevard one day soon. In the meantime, you can go there. Mansur's is open seven days a week for lunch and dinner. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsbatonrouge.la and WRKF 89.3 FM. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our associate producer is Peter Raschuti. And our Baton Rouge business consultants are Charlie D'Agostino, Dave Winwood, and Ann Edelman. I'm Stephanie Regal. Thanks for joining me. 
I look forward to meeting you again next week for more business Baton Rouge style on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com and by Hancock Whitney. Hancock Whitney is here for families, here for businesses, here for communities during this challenging time. Visit HancockWhitney.com slash COVID-19 for the latest. And by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com. 